Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Happy Mouth Podcast. It's Tuesday, June 1st. Let's go, June 1st. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles, California. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Chef Naisha Arrington. Must be summer because she has a romper on and is looking very dapper today. It's looking good and comfortable and nice and all the good things. And my and my Dodgers baseball cap. Yeah, it's really bringing the L.A. vibes, summer vibes, to the Happy Mouth. You podcast. brought it today. You brought yes. it. I mean, I love a romper in the summer. <laughs> I really do. I know this is riveting news for you guys out there, but also I think it's important to talk about the context of where we're at in the world. It's June, June first. That definitely means summer vibes. Absolutely. Remember a few summers ago when those guys came out with the romp hymns? Like oh my the, gosh. the ones for guys? Philip. I saw that and was like, no. oh my gosh. Don't no. tell me you have one. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, guys. I have to say, I'm not joking. When I saw that come out, I was legit concerned about society. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I was like, no, please, guys, don't make this a thing. No, no, rompers are for us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to anyone who has a romper out there, men, but... I mean, yeah. No, I love a romper, for sure. It's very versatile. I can wear my bathing suit under it, ride my bike, jump in the ocean, put it back on. It's very, just works. Hey, looks good. You can wear it from, to bring it back to a food context, you can wear it from brunch to dinner to yes, drinks. You right? can wear it to Dress it up, all little, food occasions. Little jacket, Hell switch yeah. up the shoes. It's a, it's a night look immediately. I'm just happy summer's here. Can we just call this episode Romper Talk? Romper Room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we digress a little bit into Naisha's uh, wardrobe. Um, <laughs> should we pay some bills here? Yeah, let's do it. Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk. But uh, it's Tuesday and it's June and we're in a new month and uh, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the pandemic maybe winding up a little bit Uh, here. Yes, I I already forgot about the pandemic. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, rompers are out. Pandemic's yeah. over. Totally. <laughs> this has to be a thing of the past. Like, we have to go forward. Summer's here. No more pandemic. Lift all the restrictions safely. As long as people are safe, practicing all the safety things. Like, I'm, I'm, I know, I think everyone's ready just to be outside. Absolutely. I mean, look, everyone go get vaccinated. Go totally. Go take care of number one and go get those things handled. But I think once that is taken care of, and we start moving into this warmer weather, things are looking good. We're starting to really starting to really make some moves here in this post-pandemic world of post-pandemic, hospitality. Post-pandemic, the robots are taking over. Yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff to go through today. It's a great episode to kick off June. First of all, we're going to talk about one thing we know that is going to be good for summer in Texas. 
is to-go alcohol. Governor Greg Abbott recently signed House Bill 1024. For those who don't know, that allows restaurants to include beer, wine, and mixed drinks in both pickup and delivery orders. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. This bill will secure a new revenue stream for restaurants, which, as we know, took a big hit. 700,000 restaurant employees lost their jobs due to COVID. This is according to the Texas Restaurant Association. By December of 2020, more than 10,000 restaurants closed, and that continued in the following months. During COVID, the bars and restaurants were doing some to-go, but they had relied on what was previously temporary legislation on to-go alcohol measures, and now this is permanent. So you're able to do a lot of things that you weren't able to do pre-pandemic, which we talk about it a lot on this podcast. There's some things that went in during COVID and now things like this that are actually going to be pretty helpful for operators long term from a revenue standpoint. Totally. You've got to go alcohol, you've got outdoor seating, you've got all these things that we didn't have before um, that are going to make the business a little bit more attractive. Totally. Do you do to go alcohol at your restaurant? We get orders for them all the time. And yes, we do fulfill those orders. It's not something that we... Like have a full program. No. Yeah. We do it when it's requested. It's not something that we've built a lot of, a lot of like you said, programming around, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly open to it in the future. It's one of those things that for me is a little bit of a wait and see. I'm not sure if it's something that, that people are going to continue to order the sure. same way they were during the pandemic. So for some of these initiatives, I'm in very wait and see mode for the next Makes six sense. months. I want to see where trends land. I want to see, I think the market's just a little exuberant and overheated right now. I think people are just happy to have the rompers on and happy to be out in the market <laughs> eating dinner. Delivery. Yes. So I think that we're going to have to see when all that hysteria, you know, breaks down a little bit and comes back to earth, whether all these things that, you know, people are ordering are going to continue beyond that hysteria. So we will, we will see. Absolutely. So in other romper news, next, Phil and I will be chatting about restaurant trends and what we think will be staying, maybe dropping off after the pandemic ends. And the first one is the expansion of the outdoor space. Some restaurants nearly doubled their capacity. I'm so here for this. I love this, right? For me, I it's like, Obviously, as long as it doesn't, you know, pose a safety threat to our patrons, I think it's a great place, especially in sunny California, to extend your outdoor seating onto your driveway or your sidewalk or your back door, wherever you had to build out those extra seating capacity is really, really become prime real estate. Definitely. It's it's just another revenue source and it's an experience enhancer for the person who is coming into your restaurant and pre, pre-pandemic there, that just didn't exist. We didn't have really outdoor seating at all in in most major markets, particularly LA. And with Alfresco and some of the other statewide programs that have gone in, there's just an an abundance of outdoor seating now. And it's going to really make the dining experience in these markets a lot better. I personally love eating outside. I like eating outside in the summertime. I've actually started to like eating outside with heaters when it's a little bit colder. And quite frankly, some of these outdoor seating setups, you mentioned it previously, we went to Cali uh, the other night and their outdoor seating setup is massive. Amazing. It's, yeah. It's it's a full on, you know, probably 40 by 40 setup in their back parking lot covered. 
And in the wintertime, it's basically like an extended dining room. And it's really, I've eaten in there. It's really comfortable. It's gorgeous. Um, so I, I like that. And I, I like the ability to, um, when it's even a little bit chilly, just to sit outside, you can kind of feel that colder air. Totally. But you've got a heater right next to you. And it's enjoyable to me. Same. I love El Fresco dining. Yeah. So I think that's one of the major things benefits that came out of COVID was picking up a whole bunch of outdoor seating. And then when you see things like what they're doing in Texas with the to-go alcohol, I mean, that's just another, that's just another boon to, to restaurants revenue uh, lines. It's Maybe that'll great. shift um, the margins a bit and give us like a more fighting chance to expand those a bit over time. You know, we might see those numbers increase. I think so. I think it's certainly going to expand your top line. And as soon as you start doing that, it makes all of the margins, particularly your prime costs, look a lot better. You, you make that big number, that top number bigger, it makes all the numbers below that, you know, pale in comparison. And then your, your margins start to look a lot sweeter. Over 90% of operators said that they would continue to maintain their expanded uh, outdoor dining, as we mentioned in the previous episode. Mayor Eric Garcetti introduced L.A. Alfresco Bill. This bill is for grants that are allocated for low-income neighborhoods and restaurants to create permanent outdoor dining. Yeah, and we talked about this one on a previous episode. We also had to adapt and embrace the technology at a bit of a more rapid rate, whether it was delivery apps or QR codes. You know, we really had to uh, adapt and kind of pull these things into our businesses a little bit more quickly than we probably anticipated having to um, over the past year or so. So that's certainly something that, you know, technology and, and just its impact that it's had on our business, definitely something that we've, you know, we've had to, we've had to really embrace. Absolutely. As we talked about in our QR episode aired on May 4th, also, a study published on QSR Web found that during the pandemic, 45% of people actually prefer to read the menu, also order pay through their phone rather than interact with a server just because overall customers seem to kind of feel safer. 40% of Americans also reported that they want to continue using contactless options like QR codes as COVID restrictions slowly lift. Restaurants who consider this sort of omni-channel approach, i.e. online ordering, in-person, and also delivery, equal more revenue for the restaurant. Many diners, I think, have gotten used to something like a QR code, but are they open to more advanced technology? For example, robot servers and robot delivery. Do I think robot servers will stay? I think it's a a little bit ahead of its time in terms of it being really integrated. I think it's a little bit of a bulky idea to integrate into a true full service restaurant. I do like some of the technologies that we've talked about on the pa- on the pod previously. There was one great idea of bringing workers in uh, remotely from their homes. Love so, that one. Yeah. So for people recall, there was a this guy, I believe he was in Memphis and he came up with this idea because he was just getting really, really busy during certain times of the day, certain rushes, like call it five to nine. So he didn't need people for full shifts. And he also figured out that he could have people call in remotely using kind of like a Zoom type app. And I love that type of technology integration where you're, you know, you're getting people to call in from home. Maybe they can't leave their home because they've got kids or, you know, they're just Taking not mobile. Or, or, sure, sure, exactly. They just can't get there that day. But it's a great way to use technology to actually get what the restaurant needs, which is, you know, that extra eyeballs on a service and also doesn't 
necessarily forced to work or to have to leave their home, which maybe they don't want to do or can't do that particular day. So I, I love those types of things. And I think eventually we're going to get to a point where, yes, there's technology all over a restaurant. I think all the way from, you know, first touch, whether it's a delivery app or something like talk or whatever your tool happens to be, uh, your CRM tool, all the way through, you know, kitchen automation. I mean, you're already starting to see more of that and more money flood into that field. So I think as money and capital starts to flow into the kitchen environment, you're going to start seeing more automation. I don't necessarily see robots displacing people in the short term, or at least wide swaths of people in the short term. But I do start to see the integrations slowly um, start to occur. And I think a lot of it is inventory management. I think a lot of it is... Data entry. Yeah, we're, we're even using things... Um, there's this product called Plate IQ, which we've started to use, which can, if you do it right, kind of like replaces your bookkeeper to a degree, or at least a lot of the hours that your bookkeeper would spend in your business, like sorting invoices and coding sure. them and putting them oh, into QuickBooks. Oh, so that's you, the most time-consuming part. Yeah, it's a great technology. They utilize it across all of our restaurants now, all the staff's using it. And like any any single person can download the app, scan in an invoice, and then it goes up into the cloud. The technology is such that it recognizes the type of invoice that it is. And so it codes it, it puts it in the right category, and then you don't have to spend hours and hours of either your time or Jeez. a bookkeeper's time like really digging through that type of thing. So That's I think there's valuable. certainly it saves hours on all parts. So I think that are we just going to drop robots onto dining room floors tomorrow? No, I think over time that could happen, but I do think there's going to be more and more slow integration of technology into the, sort of the, the back of house and the, the, the back office. Um, aspects of a restaurant. Totally. Um, we've talked about robot delivery too. I think that's a really interesting one. I do think that robot delivery for certain products is going to take more hold in the next couple of years. I mean, you're already starting to see, I don't know, I, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but in Los Angeles, there is a lot of robot delivery particularly in Santa Monica on the west side. I'm telling you. Yeah, you see it all the time. When I was at the beach on Sunday, I watched this dog like barking at a little (laughs) robot delivery thing. It was so adorbs. (laughs) What the heck is that? That is going to happen. And I don't think technology companies are out there with the intention of displacing workers. Totally. It's the same way that the robot truck industry isn't out there with the intention of displacing workers. It's just a more efficient way to operate a truck and a safer way, to be honest with you, to operate a truck is to have to have it operate in its own lane, not operated by someone who's tired, operated by remote control. It never has to stop. It's more efficient. Shows up for work every day. Yeah, never gets sick. Like there's a million reasons why that makes sense. Yeah. And it's not about hurting people. It's just about making businesses more efficient. And I think if we can find ways to make our businesses more efficient without dropping in unnecessary technology, then certainly, you know, I think that's going to happen and we're starting to see it happen already. Which takes us back into the restaurant worker debate. As restaurants are facing a shortage of workers, I mean, we've seen a very difficult last couple of months in terms of hiring and and trying to get restaurants staffed up. The pandemic has brought up to the surface this tipping versus hourly wage uh, debate again. And we've covered this before. Just a brief summary. According to the NRA, over 84% of operators are struggling to staff their restaurants. Tips are much lower than before the pandemic, and harassment of workers is up dramatically. You can hear more about that in our episode that aired on May 18th. Unfortunately, the pandemic has painted 
the restaurant industry as an unstable industry to work in. What do you think about that? I wouldn't say it's an unstable industry to work in. I think it's quite the contrary. I think it's a very stable business to work in. It's certainly never going to go anywhere. So in terms of uh, job security or jobs being available, there's never been more jobs available than there is right now. I do think that the, like we've said many times on this pod, and I think where the improvement has to happen is we have to start thinking about this employee who's the cornerstone of the entire business and who makes these businesses come to life, makes them operate, makes them profitable, um, makes the product that you put in your mouth happen. Those people have to be taken care of in a much, much better way than we've done um, over the past 25 years or so. I've said it before on this podcast, I'll keep saying it. I'm championing change in my own organization, and hopefully this gets out to more people who are also thinking the same way. I just don't think we've done a good job taking care of people. Um, I think we've done a poor job. We've thought a lot about the guests, and we haven't thought nearly enough about the employee experience. And I think before anything gets better, before people come back into the business that they've left or you know, conditions improve, you have to prioritize that employee experience. You have to make sure that people have something to buy into. They have a reason to show up every day. And it's not just a nine to five job, you know, with the old adage of flipping burgers, right? It just can't be that anymore. It has to be something where there's a reason to be there, where there's a North Star, where people want to be there. They feel included. They feel like they're in a diverse environment and they feel as though this is a place that they can spend a lot of time. And their personal resources and energy and blood, sweat, and tears at. And until we figure that out, I, I think we're going to keep having these issues. I do. I would have to agree with you and, and believe that many people in the industry would as well who have any sort of uh, forethought and where we're heading as an, as an industry. Well, I think what we're seeing here when we you know hear something like the restaurant industry is uh, unstable, I think it's there was a huge runway of issues that were leading up to this pre-COVID. I think COVID yes. essentially sped that process up. It's like, oh, Me Too movement, talks of inclusion, racism, sexism, all of this underbelly of ugliness, you know, uh, not not healthy um, environments for the average worker, you know, working late nights, you know, alcoholism, drug abuse, all of these things was sort of this underbelly of our industry as this worker was not being nurtured and taken care of. You know, I think COVID really did speed that up. And, and I, I agree. I don't think our industry, our beautiful industry is unstable at all. I think that we need to be responsible to rectify and create something that is stable. And that's totally in our power. Well, it's cause and effect. I, I think if you have an, an industry or a work environment that isn't pleasant, or you're working too hard, or you're not happy, or you don't believe at a cellular level in what you're doing or why you're there every day, that's going to lead to some downstream things like totally. maybe drinking too much because totally. you're trying to self-medicate or you're not totally. super happy. So you end up, you know, going out and partying late one night and, you know, making a bad decision. Absolutely. Or, you know, you're not happy in your job. So, you know, you say something to another employee, like those things are all related to each other. And I think if you can't, if you don't fix the environment, those other things don't clean themselves up. So I think as people in positions of authority, people that have control, we have to do a much, much better job of creating environments that people can exist in for a long time and exist in in a happy way. If they're showing up every day and they're just not in an environment that they can buy into and they, they love being at, that those issues aren't going to go away. 
Absolutely. After the talks of inclusion, and that's not just for a certain lane of people, right? That's for everyone. Back of the house, you know, people of color, our immigrant, our strong backbone of who we are in the restaurant field that fuels our, that makes us actually be able to do the things we do. I mean, I think it's about making every single person feel safe and heard and and seen. And I think that's really where we're going to see, you know, a lot of flourish happen. Absolutely. We just have to do a better job with the employees. If you take care of that, then we create environments where we are nourishing the people that make this business live and come to life every single day. I think a lot of the other issues clean themselves up. They really do. And that's all for our bite-sized news segment. You can find us at happymouthpodcast.com, restaurants.yelp.com backslash happymouth or your most favorite podcast app. But definitely, for sure, check us out on Instagram because that's where you see a lot of our journey come to life. You can connect with us, comment, tell us where you're listening from, and and just get in there with us. We're happy to share this with you. Uh, So thanks for dining with us, and we hope to see you guys next time. Have a nice day.